Hello, and welcome to Soothing Pod's Sleep Stories. My name is Arif, and tonight I will be your guide as we travel back, back, back in time to ancient Greece to explore the moonlit landscape with Hecate, the goddess of necromancy, the moon, and the night. Before we begin, however, let us take a moment to relax and find comfort in the space that we are in, here and now. Allow yourself to find a comfortable position on your mattress. Feel the night air all around you. Picture the streets and the landscape outside your room, blanketed in the cool moonlight. See the countless stars sparkling in the clear, inky black sky overhead. As you breathe in and out deeply, feel the freshness of the moon-kissed air filling your lungs. With your eyes still closed, try and imagine the moon floating just over your bed. It can be any size you want and shape. It is yours to create. Feel how soothing its light is as it peacefully floats above you, a cosmic wonder that makes you feel utterly connected to your deepest self. As that moon's light shines down, down, down on you, feel your muscles relaxing more and more and more and more, and the weight of the day melts away from you. All that matters is here and now. The comfort you are about to experience and the rest that your body is going to receive. Now that we've taken the time to relax and find comfort in this space that we are in, here and now, let us begin our story. Ancient Greece was a land unlike any other, overflowing with titans and Olympians, monsters and beauties, darkness and light. It was a place flourishing with stories, constantly weaving new ones at every turn. There was war and laughter and peace and joy and there was family and nature. Not all of the goddesses and magic wielders resided on Mount Olympus. Many of them lived in a constant state of flux, traveling the land across the seas, journeying far into the mountains, sailing to distant islands, 
going wherever their magic took them. Yes, there were many free goddesses and gods that wandered the countryside, carrying their magic with them. But there were few as free and as magical as Hecate, the goddess of necromancy, the moon, and the night. Hecate was the daughter of the god of destruction, and Asteria, the titan goddess of fallen stars and divination. Fortunately, she took after her mother, finding a sense of belonging in the stars, in magic, and in the spirits around her. Specifically, in comforting the spirits around her. Hecate would awaken every day, just as the sun sunk below the horizon. Some days, she would awaken underneath the shelter of cedar and pine trees, tucked away in a grove far from civilization. Other days, she would awaken in long-forgotten cabins in the woods, where she would start crackling fires in fireplaces and wait for the cool night to wash over the land. But no matter where she was, she would awaken with a great feeling of belonging and of hope. She would shrug the blankets off of herself and look up to the sky as it transitioned from day to night. The pinks, purples, blues, and oranges of the sunset would gradually grow darker and darker and darker still. The cornflower swaths of sky became navy. The lilac swaths became indigo. The fire-tinged clouds became dark and muted like cedar. Then, the earth would begin to reflect the sky. The creatures of the day would nestle into their nests, silent for the remainder of the night. The birds would sing the last few notes of their song, a few stragglers singing into the air until silence washed across the land. Then the crickets would begin to sing. The frogs would peep up from their peaceful ponds it was a high-pitched melody, one filled with rhythm that seemed to make the whole landscape sway as it drifted further and further into night. It was only then that Hecate would rise from her humble bed for the night. She would form her plant 
and star-embellished quilt into a tight roll and tie it to her back, along with a few other items she carried along with her. She was, after all, a traveler, a magical nomad in this beautiful land of strange and wondrous things. She always carried a book. When she was finished, she would often trade her book with a fellow traveler before pressing on, soothed by the reality that she would be reading the same words that the stranger had read only days before. She carried a small collection of herbs and trinkets, all picked to help her perform spells when it was needed. And, most important of all, she carried two torches. These torches represented the mark that she would leave on the world. And when those who were lost would spot them, they would instantly know they were saved. Because Hecate didn't just aimlessly wander the woods like many others did. She wandered the woods looking for those who were wandering aimlessly. She wandered the woods looking for lost souls, dead or alive with the intention of bringing them to wherever they belonged and soothing them along the way. It was her role in the world, one that she took on with great pride. And on one brilliant fall night, Hecate had a premonition that would change the course of her life. It was the first cold night of the fall, when Hecate awakened as the sun set. She could hear the leaves crinkling against one another in the brisk air. Here, high in the mountains, the touch of autumn was a colorful one, a welcomed one. She sat up and rolled up her sleeping bag, thankful to see that this night was going to be a bright one, a wonderful one, because tonight there was a full moon. As the goddess of the moon, Hecate felt a serene power wash over her as she sat in the moonlight. She knew what she had to do. She meandered to the nearest stream, a mountain stream where the water was cool and invigorating, and she stepped down into it. She reveled in the feeling of the smoothness of the rocks, of the coolness of the water. She tilted her head back as she stepped further 
into the river. One step, two steps, three steps, four. With each step, she felt more connected to the landscape around her and more connected to the moon. Bathing in that river in the moonlight brought her a sense of peace and belonging that few will experience in their lifetime. Hecate felt her abilities growing stronger. As the goddess of necromancy, she was not just connected with both the living and the dead, but she was also a soothsayer. Often, the future would come to her in hazy waves, giving her just enough information to inform her journey and bring comfort to others. But tonight, with the moon as bright and full as it was, and the water as cool and comforting as it was, her visions became as clear as the river she was standing in. As she gazed out at the silver-tinged water around her, a vision played out before her. It was a lost soul. A lost soul looking for belonging, looking for comfort. But this wasn't just any lost soul. It was a Greek goddess. As smoothly as the vision came to Hecate, it disappeared before her, drifting away in the breeze as though it had merely been a thick blanket of fog on the forest floor. Hecate rose out of the water, carrying a sense of peace and dignity inside her. She loved her task of bringing mortals, gods, and goddesses comfort, and tonight it appeared that she would certainly be doing just that. She wandered back to her camp, carefully packing up her belongings and slinging them on her back, fastening them comfortably against her shoulders with a thick leather strap that smelled of sage and rosemary. Then she extended her fingers into the dark night air. She pulsed them slightly, closing her eyes with a great deal of focus. From her fingertips, sparks flickered alive, illuminating the forest around her in a soft flash of orange and yellow. The sparks caught on her two torches and ignited. She wrapped her hands around the familiar torches. It was her task every night, meandering through the forests and mountains, with the torches held before her, urging all who were lost 
to follow her towards the light, towards their future. As she walked, she kept her eyes closed. She loved the sound of her boots pressing into the damp soil, the click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, as she wove through the trees and down gentle slopes. It was as if she was creating a song with the forest around her. Chirps and croaks were their clicks and clacks, clicks and clacks, clicks and clacks. Finally, she opened her eyes, taking in the beautiful sight of the landscape changing around her. In the day, all things are visible, but at night, there was room for interpretation room for wonder. As she walked, carrying the light with her, the world around her shifted. Rounded shadows turned into rocks. Shadows danced between trees as she passed by. Water and cobwebs glowed in a gossamer of orange, red, and yellow as they reflected the light of her torch in a ghostly, otherworldly manner. That was one of the many reasons Hecate loved the night, though there were several other reasons. Hecate was never awake during the daytime, and she had no desire to be. She longed to be in the stillness of night, when the world slowed down and life seemed to move the way it was intended. There were no obligations at night, no busyness in the world. It was simply her and nature, her and other travelers, her and the lost souls. She could connect to everyone during these hours of night. The darkness provided a layer of protection for everyone, a veil that made vulnerability feel more accessible. And that's the way that Hecate preferred to live, authentic and vulnerable. That's why, on that night, when she rounded a corner into a moonlit meadow, she felt a small smile cross her face. In the center of the meadow was a soul, not alive, seemingly lost and stuck in place. It was a ghostly form of a human a haze in the dark night that you would miss if you were not looking closely enough. And still, Hecate could see the concern on the soul's face. She walked toward the soul, exuding warmth 
and a maternal energy most reserved for their own children. But for Hecate, these lost souls were her children. She stepped closer, illuminating the soul with her two torches. Hello, my child. Are you lost? Hecate asked, her words sweet and slow like warm honey. The soul, a young woman, nodded at Hecate. I must be. I don't know where I am. The soul's voice was tinged with the weight of her concern and worry. In the light of the torches and the moon, Hecate could see that tears were starting to form in her eyes. So, Hecate did something only she could do. She reached forward and placed a gentle hand on the girl's cheek. The soul flinched at Hecate's touch for a moment, surprised, but then she sunk into the moment with gratitude. It's been very long since I've been held, the soul said. Well, you won't have to worry about that much longer, my dear. I will guide you to the place where you belong, Hecate replied. The soul looked relieved by that. So, Hecate led the soul down the winding path through the meadow. In the light of the moon, the wildflowers flourishing in the sweet grass became entirely visible. The soul gazed out at them in wonder, a look of serenity washing away the tension she had been carrying only moments ago. Would you like to take one with you? There are flowers where you're going, but perhaps you'd like one to remember this place by. The soul nodded eagerly at Hecate's suggestion. Hecate leaned down and plucked the most beautiful flower she could find. It was a lupine, its brilliant purple buds almost silver and otherworldly this time of the night. With care, Hecate tucked the flower behind the soul's ear. The soul touched the flower in disbelief. Hecate gave her a warm smile, urging her to take care of the lupine. As they made their way through the forest, Hecate reassured the soul that everything was going to be just fine. Where she was going was a marvelous place, a place of rolling meadows and souls at peace as far as the eye could see. Hecate told the soul that many people get lost along their way, but it is all part of the journey. By the time they reached one of the gates to the underworld, 
the soul was already at peace, looking forward to the next step on her journey. The gate to the underworld looked completely different than many would envision. Truly, the underworld was not a place of darkness, of punishment, of negativity. It was a place much like our own. The gate was a tunnel tucked at the edge of a forest, like a natural cave. The whole thing was coated in vibrant green moss and ferns, which swayed as the breeze wove through the cavern and out into the world. Flowers surrounded it, each one more beautiful than the last. And though you could feel the power of the place, there was also a sense of calm in the forest. The crickets and frogs seemed to be quieter here. Hecate squeezed the soul's hands and gave her a smile before she asked, Perhaps you would like a drink before you go? Hecate knelt down in the soft, aromatic grass and started a small fire. She set down a tea kettle atop the flames, filling the water within it with lavender, honey, and chamomile. The fragrant steam rose into the night, weaving between the trees and the flowers. Hecate poured a cup for the soul and handed it to her gently, being sure to squeeze her hand reassuringly as she did so. The soul sipped the tea, grateful to have a drink of something familiar after her long, strange journey. They sat for an hour sipping tea and watching the night sky overhead. The full moon seemed to glisten even brighter above them, lighting their vulnerable moment of connection and happiness. Then the time came. The soul stepped into the cavern and sat atop the boat on the river Styx. Hecate waved to her with a smile on her face, knowing that the soul was heading to the Elysian Fields, a place of unvarying joy, peace, and happiness. Hecate began to pack up her things yet again, a smile dancing on her lips. There was another soul at peace now, one less person lost in the foggy woods of this land. Looking up at the moon, she knew there was still time to find another, to bring someone else the comfort that they deserved. 
she slung her items back over her back and journeyed back, 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 back to the meadow that she had found the soul in earlier that night. For a moment, she stopped just to smell the flowers and breathe in their fragrance mixed with the smells of the midnight air. She felt most fully herself in these moments of solitude, when it just seemed to be her, the moon, and the earth around her. Only this time, Hecate was not alone. Across the meadow, the silhouette of a beautiful woman meandered through the flowers. Hecate watched as this mystery woman turned her gaze to the sky more than once, twirling and reveling at the cosmos overhead. Hecate stepped closer to the woman. Not only was she drawn to her beauty and spirit, but Hecate noticed something else about the woman. There was a kind of power exuding from her, the kind of power that few people on earth possessed. Unless that person was a goddess, the mystery woman, however, didn't seem to notice Hecate at first. She dipped her hands down into the meadow, plucking flowers gently and holding them closer to her nose, breathing their scent in deeply. It was only when Hecate was a few feet before her that she noticed who this beautiful, strange woman was. It was Persephone, goddess of spring, daughter of Zeus and Demeter. And if there was anything Hecate knew about Demeter, it's that she wouldn't be happy that her daughter was wandering in the night without her. Does your mother know you're here, Persephone? Hecate asked, a friendly smile on her face. Persephone nodded with respect at Hecate, though there was a mischievous glint in her eyes. Perhaps, perhaps not. Well, rest assured, I will not be the one to tell her, Hecate replied. Persephone bowed slightly with gratitude. The two sat in the meadow together for quite some time. They were not close, but not strangers. And truly, Hecate knew much more than she would ever admit to Persephone. As a frequent traveler between the underworld 
and the world of the living. Hecate was well aware that Persephone was smitten by Hades, the god of the underworld, and she deeply understood that Hades was smitten by Persephone as well. Anytime Hecate traveled through the underworld, she would catch Hades writing poetry or gazing at springtime flowers with longing. He was not a hard man to read, Hades. A misunderstood man, certainly, but not a challenging one to read. It was a secret romance, one only few were privy to, and one that even fewer would understand. Hecate, however, understood it completely. Love does not always make logical sense. It is a power that none can wield, and none can control. After talking for quite some time, Hecate rose to her feet to continue looking for lost souls. Although, uncharacteristically, she was unaware that there was one before her. As Hecate stepped away, the earth before her opened up. Persephone looked around in confusion, and then, quickly, she was pulled down, 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 down into the earth. She didn't look scared, merely surprised. Hecate extended her hand, offering it to the young goddess. But Persephone merely shook her head, and then she was gone. It was only moments later that Demeter appeared, frantic. She asked Hecate where her daughter had gone, and Hecate told her the truth. She said it calmly, not trying to alarm Demeter, but Demeter was not pleased. She said her daughter had no place in the underworld, though Hecate knew this wasn't true. She promised to lead Demeter to the underworld to see her daughter. She was, after all, a guide of lost souls. And it wasn't Persephone who was lost at the moment. Hecate meandered down, 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 down the familiar trail, humming to herself along the way. Demeter was on edge, but Hecate's energy gradually seemed to calm her down. As they entered the underworld, Demeter looked around with concern. 
There were holes in the ceiling, skylights looking up into the world above. Moonlight poured in through them, illuminating the mossy, fern-coated cavern walls in a silvery light. Hecate had always found it beautiful, otherworldly, perhaps the closest physical representation of magic that one could see. After they crossed the river Styx, they traveled up, 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 up a winding path until they reached the home of Hades himself. Hecate greeted him with a bow and a smile. Nice to see you again, Hades. Hades bowed back. And you, Hecate. Then, with less enthusiasm, he asked, What brings you here, Demeter? Overwhelmed, Demeter demanded to know where her daughter was. Have you hurt her? she asked, her voice wavering with accusation and worry. Hecate watched as Hades' face fell. In a wounded tone, he told Demeter, I would never dream of hurting Persephone. I will never hurt her for as long as I live. Hecate knew this to be true, but Demeter wasn't so certain. That is when Persephone stepped into the room. She gave her mother a smile, welcoming her to the underworld, and in the palm of her hand was a pomegranate. It glowed bright red in the darkness of the room. Hecate felt a wave of understanding wash over her. She knew what that pomegranate meant. Persephone had eaten the seeds in the underworld, and because of that, she would have to live here for good. Demeter was not pleased. She accused Hades of trapping her daughter, of forcing her to be his bride. But Hecate knew better. The pomegranate gave Persephone an inexcusable reason to be down here. She could be with her love, regardless of her mother's preference. Hades struck a deal with Demeter, sensing that she would not budge on her opinion. For half of the year, she could have Persephone up in the human world. And for the other half, Persephone would reside home in the underworld with him. Demeter was not pleased, but having no other option, she agreed. With the wave of his hand, Hades dismissed Demeter, sending her back to the surface with his magic. Yet, 
Hecate remained, and when Hecate looked at Persephone's face, she knew why. Persephone was a lost soul. This moment was one of happiness, but it was also a big change. Hecate and Persephone sat down along the river, illuminated by a sliver of moonlight that beamed through the surface overhead. Persephone wasn't used to the underworld. She had only been here for a couple of hours, and she already felt out of place. How could she grow to love this place as much as she loved Hades? Hecate took Persephone's hand in her own. In her calm, soothing tone, she told Persephone that she would always have a friend in Hecate. She would visit her whenever Persephone wanted, and she could show Persephone how to walk the line between homesickness and belonging. It was something she was well versed in, after all. For several months, Hecate did just that. She would awaken in the night, light her torches, and meander through the underworld, looking for lost souls. When she found them, she would lead them over the mountains and through the woods until they reached the underworld. Only now, Hecate would join them as they crossed the river and traveled deeper into the underworld. Once the soul was happily where they belonged, Hecate would head to the palace to find Persephone. There, Hecate would hand Persephone bouquets of flowers gathered from the surface. She would light a brilliant fire and serve Persephone teas and potions that brought her great comfort. It was Hecate's job to help lost souls. But as she grew closer and closer to Persephone, she realized that she, too, had been lost. For so long, she had embraced her life of solitude under the moon. She forged deep connections with the lost souls she found, only to send them on their way and never see them again within the span of a few hours. But with Persephone, things were different. Hecate talked to her about the beauty of the land, about her long nights helping lost souls, about her abilities to see the future. And as she told Persephone these things, she felt free. It was her first friendship. Hades, too, would join their conversations on occasion. 
he expressed great gratitude to Hecate for making his wife feel at home. Truly, her happiness was his greatest joy in life. And as the months passed, it became clear that Persephone was incredibly happy. Overwhelmed with bliss over his new life with Persephone, Hades extended a gift to Hecate. It was her own home in the underworld, a place where she could stay, a place where she wouldn't have to be a traveler. He knew she wouldn't stay there all the time, but he extended it as an offer to her. She, too, was family. And if she ever wanted to visit any of the lost souls who she had led to a peaceful life in the underworld, she was more than welcome to do so. Hecate was touched by this. She had never had a home before, nor a real family since she struck out on her own. And though it was far from traditional, Hades, Persephone, and the lost souls that she had saved felt like her family. Hecate continued on her mission, wandering through the fog-shrouded woods to help souls find their way, soaking in the power of the moon every night. It's said that you can still feel the warmth of Hecate's love when you step out into the night air. The kiss of the moon, the comfort that can be found in that stillness. It is all a gift from Hecate, reminding you that you belong, and if you are lost, she is always there to help you find your way. I hope you have enjoyed this sleep story, and it has brought you a night of peaceful, restful sleep. Please, join me again tomorrow night for another sleep story. Until then, sweet dreams.